So we're doing this sermon series called Marriage 360, and um, really wanted to spend some time, uh, a few weeks, talking about marriage. Uh, again, like last couple, coming out of a conviction of, of a exhortation, I would call it, in Hebrews. You'll remember that Hebrews 13.4 says marriage should be honored by all. I don't know if you know if the Bible says that or not. It's a powerful thing that, that it says that we should all honor marriage. And how. And I started thinking about that like in a real way, like a practical way then. How, how can we uh, honor marriage in, in our midst? Um, and so through that, over the, over the last couple months, I've been thinking of this idea of marriage 360. There's no special thing in that, by the way. Don't think, oh, look how cool it is. I just was something on my heart and, and uh, felt compared, compelled to share it. Uh, Family Bible Church leadership has a conviction that we, we kind of have a threefold purpose in this season of Family Bible Church's life, and they kind of are man, are come out of a convictions that we have and how we, how we operate and how we try to operate, um, and that's to make disciples of Jesus Christ, and that's our primary goal here at Family Bible Church. There's no end into itself here for us, but to make disciples who follow Jesus. Of course, um, some of us follow Jesus here, and some of us follow Jesus elsewhere, but we pray that everyone is following Jesus in any touch we have or any hand in it, that, that we're, we're doing that. We're steering people toward Jesus himself as Messiah, as Lord and, and Master. Uh, the second is to strengthen the families. We believe that that's just a call of probably the whole church, but particular family Bible church, we feel compelled that strengthening families blesses the community, blesses those in the family, um, changes family trees, and we want to be part of that work. And then the last is to live missions, which you might know. Wherever we are, that's, that, getting rid of that kind of location-based ministry, wherever we happen to be, wherever God happens to place us, to live out the mission of Jesus in that place at that time, which is really cool because it's a very kind of portable idea of following Jesus um, and continuing to follow Jesus. So much of what we've, we've done with the on-mission statement has been that same vein of trying to take discipleship seriously and follow Jesus together wherever we are, including if we, God calls us to go elsewhere, that we would still be following Jesus together. One of the most uh, powerful ways we can impact culture, then, we believe, is to strengthen families. And, and one of the ways we can strengthen families is by honoring marriage. And I'm going to talk, because this might, I'm going to tell you right now, this might have a lot of baggage for a lot of you for a lot of reasons, man. I feel like with everything in life and everything with Jesus, there's like a million ways to get it wrong and one way to get it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, here's the cliff notes. The way to get it right is Jesus. Like, he's the way to get it right. And everything else, we're getting it wrong in some way. But we want to do what we can to, to strengthen marriages and to bless the community. And, and that, and, um, and so this is going to be part of that. We actually had toyed with the idea of having a marriage retreat or a marriage weekend, um, and we started talking about this back in the spring, and we kicked it around, and we made some contacts. I'm not telling you that so you can go, oh, you didn't do it, but it just didn't really come together like we were hoping it would come together, maybe in the future. I would say this, if that's something you'd be interested in, like if that's something you personally would say, that would be fantastic. I would love that. I would do that. You can write that on your connection card today, and then later on when you throw that in the joy box, yeah, I set you up for that. I'm sorry. Then you, then you, we would know, like, hey, there would be some interest, but we don't really gauge it by interest. We, we really thought God's going to line up the pieces if we're called to do it, and so far they haven't lined up, you know, um, that we've seen. So, but we still wanted to kind of walk through this idea. So this idea that Hebrews 13, 4 says that marriage should be honored by all, and then the question becomes, well, well, how can this be true for all of us? Like, that was the fundamental question I had when I started thinking about this from Hebrews. Like, well, I get that if I'm married, I should honor marriage, and if you're married, you should honor marriage, and, and I suppose strangers should honor marriage, but whatever, you know. But th there's no exception clause in the Hebrews exhortation that marriage should be honored by all. 
right? And so I start thinking, if you unpack that in a practical way, there's got to be a lot of stuff then. If that's God's desire for us, that marriage would be honored by all, there has to be a lot of stuff then that we can unpack. We can say, well, this is the way we can honor marriage. I mean, Jesus, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to please you in my life. That, that, that's, that's my response to the good news that you saved me in spite of my sin and you're redeeming me. And I want to please you with the way I live my life. So how can I do that? And one little way, maybe one huge way, would be to honor marriage for, for all of us. Right away, I started thinking about this, and I was thinking, well, it's like, like little people who aren't married yet, and this makes no sense, right? Like, how, little kids are supposed to, that's where I started. And I thought, well, yeah, L little kids should honor marriage, right? This is a funny thing, by the way, um, because I was thinking about this, and if you don't, there's this kind of, uh, so Christianity, as a basic tenet is, believes that um, all have sinned, all have sinned, all of us, all, everyone. And, and we are born into this sin. But then there's this really weird thing, like this morning when I was holding Grace, I'm like, babies are so cute, <laughs> you know? Like, no, there's no, there's no sin. And I know some of you are like, yeah, there is, Bill. There's sin in these babies, you know? But here's the crazy thing. that um, So we've talked about this before, and I won't be too redundant here, but little babies are so needy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They can't do anything for themselves. And I know you're like, well, they're babies. But then, get this. Even after they, they're little babies, they can't do anything for themselves, then, then they grow into little people. And this is crazy, but left all to their own desires, what they want in their heart, um, they will try to destroy your marriage, right? Like, that's crazy to think about because I know, I, okay, let me try to get you all involved here for a minute. Um, you all have parents, right? Yes? Everyone here has a mom and a dad. That's how you got here? right? For real. Okay. I'm just making sure, because, you know, maybe, I mean, but that's how we all got here. We act like we're not part of that equation, you know, that we weren't. Now, now I bet you, if I would ask, um, would you all, um, you know, like your parents to um, have an awesome marriage, right? If I ask you that question, I mean, if it was up to you, would you desire that your parents would have a, a good marriage, or, or let's just say a good relationship? Would you desire that for your parents? I bet most of you would say, yeah, yeah, and I know for some of you, you're saying, wait, my parents don't, aren't alive anymore. I get that, but think, I mean, think back with us, right? Well, wouldn't you desire that? If you could rewind the clock of your life and you could do something, wouldn't you want them to have an awesome marriage? Like, wouldn't that be part of what you want to do? I mean, as, as a child, I think we would. But then look what we do. I mean, this is like proof that we are born with sin, right? We're, we're, we have these two people who, who have, um, you know, had a child together, and they're trying to figure this out. They, they're doing instruction manual. They know what they're doing. And then we realize that we can work this to our advantage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Mom, can I have, and it could be the stupidest thing, right? Can I have a sucker? Can I have, you know? And it's like, no, or whatever. Well, or unless your mom say yes. Dad says no, right? I don't know. Who says no in your life? So you go to the other one. I'll pick on my kids for a minute. But I know my kids don't come to ask me stuff because I say no. Like, don't ask dad. He'll say no. Ask mom. And I'm like, well, why'd you say yes to that for? You know I'd have said no. No, I'm kidding. Right? But then, and that because all of a sudden, the stuff that we want, we just get it in there like a wedge. And I'm telling you what, man, that's sin. That, I'm not picking on kids because I'm me, right? You get it in there and you say, oh, I got to, I'm going to have my way and and then Without thinking about it, this is mind-boggling to me. Without thinking about it, we end up um, creating, de possibly destabilizing the relationship that if it were stable, would be a ridiculous blessing for us. Do you see that? That's, I, I, I'm not blaming you. That's, that's proof of sin right there. That's proof of sin. And, and we are all sinners. And yet, um, Jesus calls us 
to honor marriage, all of us to honor marriage. So the question is, and wait a minute, so if we start here, Marriage 360, okay, let me explain a little bit of the analogy here. So um, we, we were talking this morning, actually, during setup about this, and um, there was, there was a, a company I worked for that did 360-degree um, reviews. So everyone re- would review everyone. So you would, you would do you know, annual reviews for your boss, and you would do them for your coworkers, you do them for your subordinates. Your subordinates would review you and their coworkers and their subordinates, and all the way up and all the way down, and everyone got reviewed by everyone. It was, it was a craziness, right? But that's kind of the mental image I had is like, so if, if the Bible says that marriage should be honored by all, then that means in every direction. That's why this idea of marriage 360, right? So how can I, as a follower of Jesus, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, first of all, I'd invite you to consider being a follower of Jesus, but, you know, and then if you are a follower of Jesus, to consider, well, how can you actually do this? How can you actually honor marriages in every direction of your life? How can you be a 360-degree supporter of marriage? And so that's what I want to talk about today. So we're going to start with the first relationship that we all have, um, and that is uh, being children, right? I'm going to ask you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Exodus. Um, this is going to be push two here. Uh, let's see. There we go. Exodus 20. You know this uh, passage of Scripture. Um, famously, these are the Ten Commandments, right, um, that God had given us. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read um, the one that we're referring to here. Uh, Exodus 20, verse 12. And then I want to kind of read a little bit of context when we talk about this and why it matters. And I, I'm hoping to tie it back into, connect it back into marriage and how this matters into marriage as well, okay? This is what the Word says. Um, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So much interesting stuff there already. So this is the command, and, and it's one of the Ten Commandments, right? Um, now I want to read some context. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 20. And the Lord God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them because I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Six days you shall work and do all of your work, but on the seventh is a Sabbath unto the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter, nor your manservant nor maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. Because in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and what was in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Here we are back at verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Continuing on, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his maidservant or manservant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to to your neighbor. And this encompasses what we come to know as the Ten Commandments. So in thinking about um, how we can uh, honor marriages among us, the first thing that came to mind was honoring our, our mother and, and father. To honor someone means to um, give them weight or um, to, to make them more solid, right? Uh, m- more presence in our, in our life, 
right? More real to us um, to give uh, honor. The, the New Testament actually refers to the same passage and uses a Greek word, and it means uh, to give value or to equate with riches, uh, to esteem, right? To, to raise up, to honor. I'm just trying to give you an idea of what, it, what this means um, to honor our mother and our father. So here's something that's interesting that we see in, in, uh, in Exodus, in the Ten Commandments. The, the first idea that God gives us is that he is God and we are not, and he's holy. And, and the first commandments deal with that, but the radical thing is that the first commandment that has us dealing with anyone else on the planet gives us instructions about how we deal with our parents. I just thought that was interesting, right? Like, of all the things that God could have commanded next, he said, honor your father and your mother so that it might go well with you. The first idea that he brings to his people in obedience to him and what it looks like to know him as his sovereign Lord, as a jealous God, as a, you know, is that you should honor your parents. And I understand because all of us are sinners. I mean, I keep saying that, but we really all are sinners, and that includes our parents, that it's so easy to, to, to not take that command seriously, to not, um, you know, respect or, or give the weight or give the solidity or set the value of our parents high um, because, you know, uh, we had to deal with them all the time, and they're sinful people like we are. And we, maybe, maybe some of you are carrying baggage from that. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you're not. Like, I'm not going to put you... If, yeah, you may have awesome parents, but maybe you didn't, right? Or, my goodness, I'm going to kind of walk this stuff out, but maybe you didn't um, know your parents. How do you, how, do you, how do you honor your parents if you, you don't know your parents? All these opportunities exist for us, but the, the, the amazing thing is it's the first priority. It's the first command. And then it's kind of funny because then the commands get, like, very, like, Hurt, you know, don't steal, don't murder, don't covet it. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like, if, if, but if you can do that first one, honor your father and your mother. You can kind of see how that road leads, right? That's your first marker. Great. Now, now, when you go deal with other people, don't do these things. Um, this, this whole idea. I told you um, it's found in the New Testament too. We'll turn there as well, just real quick um, to confirm this or affirm this or whatever you would say. And this is going to be in uh, Philippians, I believe. Um, or Ephesians. I keep doing that this morning. Ephesians, chapter 6. Um, and what's really wild about what is found here in chapter 6 is this is after uh, another big bunch of scripture we're going to be talking about in this series also about how, how to be a godly or a Christian, I should say, household. Um, how Christians should function in a household, right? But here, Paul, writing to the church, this is in chapter 6, verse 1, um, says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord... Because this is right. Honor your father and mother, he quotes, right? And there that word I was telling you means to set a high price, to set a high value on them, right? Um, which is the first command with a promise. We talked about that before. That it might go well with you and you might enjoy a long life on the earth. That's a direct quote from what we just read from the uh, Exodus passage. And so we have this, this exhortation from uh, Paul, interestingly, to children. All of which you've already said you are. Honor your mother and father. Um, obey them in the Lord because this is right. He says. And this comes right in the middle of what it looks like. And I, there, okay, so I'm going to try to tie this up a little bit here. So it happens right in the middle of, he's saying, husbands treat your wives this way, wives treat your husbands this way. And he gets, and isn't it radical that then he says, and children obey your parents in the Lord. Isn't that striking? That it's right there. 
See, maybe you've read it like me and you've gone, well, that's just the next thing. He's like, oh, and by the way, children. But what if, what if Paul's saying, children, um, obey your parents because they're trying to have a godly marriage, right? They're trying to live out a Christian marriage. And children, you have a part in them living out a Christian marriage to one another. Honor them. Obey them in the Lord. So let's talk a little bit of experience. Now we're going to get into some practical ways that we can, um, that we can uh, honor our mother and father's marriage. Um, and he, so um, I told you already that, that as the, by default, us, all of us probably have done that Weasley thing. We're trying to get what we want out of our parents. We manipulate them. You know, pull this string, pull that string, tie it together. Maybe get the prize at the end of the day. You know, because that's ultimately self-gratification. Same thing as babies who cry for milk because they want to be gratified, right? It's the same thing. We just don't outgrow it. Um, but the flip side of that is, um, what if you, you read this passage and you actually um, had children that would obey you in the Lord? walk with me here, that they know Jesus as Savior, and they honor him as king, and because of that, they make an intentional choice to honor their parents as a way to honor the Lord. Can you imagine as a parent how that would feel different? Can you imagine as a parent how that might affect your marriage? I'm not saying, and every child who goes through divorce, and I come from a divorced family as well, I mean, every child thinks at some level, this was my fault, right? That's like the famous thing, this is my fault. And yet, the truth of the Christian gospel and the truth of the teaching we have from Scripture is that we can be part of the remedy by choosing to honor our mother and father, by choosing out of obedience to the Lord to be obedient to them. And then I start thinking, wow. I mean, because honestly, sometimes, you know, the, this becomes an adversarial thing, this parenting, and then it becomes adversarial this way, right? And we talk about, like, you know, guarding, guarding marriage, but man, that, that's, that's a real tender spot, children. We could talk about that um, for a long time, about what the Bible says about leaving and cleaving and, and the right structure of marriage compared to children. But here, today, we want to talk about this opportunity we have to bless our parents' marriage. This is the point, that one way, one way, that you and I, no matter how old you are, and you're here today, can honor marriage, as Hebrews exhorts us to do, is we can choose to honor our mother and our father, right? That's the point. So I want to talk about um, five, five ways that we can, we can do this together um, in, our, in our own lives, some practical ways. Um, and I, I'm going to say again that this, this, this will, I'm hoping this will kind of brush across all the um, intricacies of your situation, right? That the Lord will show you in this how you can do this because it's not, it's not about everyone having perfect parents or everyone being the perfect child, but it's about how can you, on purpose, because you're a committed follower of Jesus, strengthen marriages uh, by honoring your parents. Is there a way that you can do these things? And, and hopefully we'll um, be able to kind of flesh them out together. The first is this that we can celebrate uh, what we can celebrate, right? Celebrate what you can. I can tell you that most of the time I sit with people, and I'm sure most of you, if you sat with me and talked about my parents, it would be so easy for me to start to go down the list of things that, that were wrong. I'm sure if you sat down with my children and you asked them about my parenting, they could easily slip into the typical response <clears throat> to list the things that were wrong. I want to remind you, that, um, again, the Apostle Paul writes to us, and he says, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is right or excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. How often is it that we as believers choose to not do that or, inversely, don't choose to do it? Lord, I'm going to think about the good things. I'm going to find the good things. I told you that already 
um, you, you know, you may have a different story. I'm, I know each of you has a unique story, how you're here, what you've been through, what your life experience has been in this earth. But the truth is that you and I are here. We are here right now. We are hearing the gospel, and we're able to respond to it. We are able to live a responsive life to this truth. And so part of our job then would be to mine the experience and find the good and celebrate that. One thing I think of across the board, I already said, you're all here. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a guaranteed deal with parents anymore, right? Moms and dads um, decide they don't want to have children. They don't. Can, can, we, can we take our, our tools and can we dig that nugget out and we can, can we say, God, I, I just want to honor my mom and my dad because I'm here, because they chose to have me. Um, if you've ever got a birthday greeting from me, um, I, it probably says something like this. I'm thanking God today just because you were born. Can we pop that and say, yeah, man, life wasn't perfect. Or maybe I don't even know my dad. Or maybe I don't know my mom. Or maybe I'm estranged, but... but, but I'm here because of them. Um, Psalm 139 says that God knit us together or formed us in our mother's womb. Every time you drive to Greenville, there's a sign on the way that says that. I formed you in your mother's womb, the Lord. Proverbs, I'm going to get you the reference here in case you want to look this. um, Proverbs uh, 23.22 says, Our fathers gave us life. I always kind of feel like dads get, you know, kind of, left out in the cold on this whole birthing thing, you know. But here the proverb says, your father gave you life. The wisest man ever lived said that. So can we find those things? And by the way, can I just say, I don't mean whitewash out all the ugly stuff and ignore it and act like it never happened. We'll just put on blinders and pretend everyone's beautiful and perfect and it's great. Let's don't do that. Let's look with with you know, painful honesty at it, but say, Lord, there's good in it. Show me the good in it, and I will celebrate the good, whatever it would be for you. And again, I know. How, how can we practically honor um, our parents' marriage? That's one way. Celebrate what you can. Man, you can go to your mom and dad. I love it that this one time you were there for me. I, I remember this one. Can you remember that? You know what I'm saying? Instead of you're bringing in mind all the things, the ways that they failed, can you just choose Whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's right, whatever's noble. Can you fix your mind on that and celebrate it? Wow, man, I'm so appreciative. That's the second thing that we can do, by the way. We can express gratitude. Express gratitude of of our situation. This is, I'm going to read a verse of scripture to you from Thessalonians. I keep jumping around here. Thessalonians 5, um, 16 and 18 is what the word says. uh, Give thanks in all circumstances. Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I know you're going to say, well, in context, he's writing to the church. But still, it's, it's to us, right? Here's the whole thing, right? Um, be joyful always. Uh, pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. Why? This is what God desires. It's kind of like, it's kind of like celebrating what can be celebrated. But it's an expression of thanks. It's a little different. I think there's two particular um, ways we can act on this. The first is we can let that, let that, celebration, turn to gratitude to God. God, I, I thank you so much that, that you saw fit to keep me here. I thank you so much that you gave me the parents that you did that are able to, me to be who I am right now today. I, I thank you so much for all you've done. We can definitely thank God, right, for that, what he did and his sovereignty in those ways. But then the second thing we can do is express gratitude to our parents. Again, can you imagine the, the power of, of going to your parent and saying, I just want you to know 
how much I appreciate and just fill in something about their relationship. Wait a minute. I just want you to know that I appreciate that all those years you, you stuck with mom or dad when they did, when they did this. I, I want you to know that I appreciated that after your divorce, you still showed some respect for mom or dad. I want you to know that I appreciate that, that we, we get together as a family in the same room and no one, no one, you know, we don't have to hate each other, right? Are there ways you could express it, something practical? Hey, what if, what if you were to write a letter? Write it down. God, I thank you. Another letter. Mom, I thank you. Or Dad, I thank you. Give thanks to God. Again, no matter, no matter the, the, the situation, no matter um, the status, the truth is that we can all do these things, giving gratitude um, to the Lord. Because it's, to, to the Lord and to one another. Why? Because it's his will for us. It would be a people who appreciate what we have. Don't even go into that. It could have been better. Yeah, it could have been better. It could always be better. <laughs> but man, God bless me through this. Strengthening. I wonder really um, what, what effect there would be. I mean, are you willing to maybe do the experiment and see, right? Here's another one. Practice um, healthy boundaries. I know that uh, part of the whole deal in uh, Genesis is leave and cleave, right? And that's a hard thing because when you're starting out as a young couple, you, everyone's in your business. There's no boundaries. You've been children your whole lives and, and uh, everyone gets their fingers in there like, oh, what, this is how you should live your life and this is how you should have a marriage and this is how you should raise your kids or whatever it is. They're just always their fingers. And the Bible says that you are to leave and cleave to your spouse and the two will become one flesh and you kind of set out a fence and you say, this is who the Dempseys are. You know what I mean? You begin to define your family. You begin to give your name purpose in your life. But can I offer an, an idea to you that the opposite of that is true as well? How many of us are raised in a household with our parents and whatever relationship they're in, and we think that we have a better idea of how their relationship should be than they do, right? Because we have all of our wisdom, <laughs> And we're like, Mom, Dad, can I just tell you what you should be doing right now? Mom, can, hey, can I, can I fix, can I mess with your relationship? Can I reach up? We don't have any, any boundaries at all about it because we're spoiled children. We can do what we want. What about that same thing being true, having healthy boundaries? We were, uh, had an opportunity to go on a, uh, on a retreat um, a few weeks ago, and uh, it was awesome. And one of the couples that was on the retreat said, um, that one of the things they established was um, a mommy-daddy space that the kids weren't allowed to come into. <laughs> and they flee to it when they need to. They don't have little, they have like teenagers. They flee. I, I mean, like, they have teenagers, of course they flee. But you know what I mean? They, they go, no, here's our fence. And they say, our kids know that. Whoa, that's mom and dad's area. We're not going to go in. I know that's a very physical representation, but what, what about that? What about having a healthy boundary? You say, you know, I'm going to respect that. I'm going to ask um, if, if they want my opinion about what they should do next. Man, I mean, can you imagine how much you could bless your parents and their relationship by doing that? Do you, want, do you want to know what I think? Do you want me to share with you? The Bible says what? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, right? But man, we're full of advice. Some healthy boundaries. Giving a mom and dad uh, space. Here's the third thing we can do. We can show some love in practical ways and with words. Um, there's a great book. You probably have heard of it already, and I, I usually mention it in all my premarital counseling, um, and it's called uh, Five Love Languages. It talks about how people show and receive love, right? But I think it's a great idea to kind of just, you know, hedge your bets and show love in every way, you know? So um, I mentioned earlier, could you write a letter? Um, that would maybe be a very loving act for some. But well, one of the great things you can do to show some love is to spend some time with your folks, 
like whatever is going on. You know, I know you got your life, but hey, I want to hang out with you today. I want to see what's going on in your life um, to, to show some love that way. Another thing, one of the love languages is, is words of affirmation, man. And I think the, the three um, words of affirmation that we give to each other are so powerful, of course, is just saying, I love you. You know, mom, dad, you know I love you. I love you. I mean, isn't it crazy that, that Jesus, when he comes back and he sees Peter, he says, do you love me? Yeah, you know I love you. Do you love me? Give him something to do. Well, then do this. If you love me, do this. Can we show some love, some practical ways, and with words? Um, I don't know. I think there might be a, a huge blessing in that, right? And then the, the last uh, thing here I have on my list is this. Um, don't try to change the, your parents. Which sounds kind of weird, right? Like, well, who would try to change your parents? I want to tell you a real quick story. I remember uh, I was a little bit of a kid, and, and uh, I won't get into all the backstory. I'll tell you sometimes if you really care, but, you know, um, raised in a certain environment. But I was around my grandparents a lot, and we were not happy. Grandchildren were not happy with our, where our grandparents had a mar- their marriage. It was very disturbing for us the way they were married. They were just seemed like a very unhealthy marriage. We were little kids. We're like, this isn't right, <laughs> you know. And so we took it upon ourselves. This is crazy to um, begin to tell our grandparents what we think they should do with their marriage. When we were little kids. We, like, had to sit down and come to Jesus, like, uh, what do you call that? An intervention. We said, hey, we want y'all to know we've been thinking about this for a while. We first tried to run through our parents, but they were like, stop it. You know, so we're like, we'll go right to the, and we actually sat down. And we started to try to explain to our grandparents what's wrong with their marriage and how they could be better. Here was our great advice. You should just leave each other. You should just quit. Who would tolerate this kind of relationship? This isn't healthy. Any self-respecting person would have gotten a divorce by now. That's some great advice, isn't it? See, there's a reality um, that when we're obedient to Jesus and whenever we are submitted to his will, um, that we respect what he's doing in people's lives. We aren't the Holy Spirit, and that's true for our parents. We aren't. How much different would it be if instead of that we would just choose to encourage and bless, right? Celebrate and give thanks. And not to manipulate and hope for the outcome, not to try to just to see what God's going to do. You know, God, I trust, I trust you with my parents. And because I trust you with my parents, because I trust you with, with their marriage, I'm just going to pray and I'm just going to honor them. I'm going to honor them so much so that, so that you know how much I believe that you are God and I'm not. I'm going to honor them with my words, my actions. I'm going to celebrate. I'm not going to condemn. And I'm going to see what you do that I could never have thought of on my own. See, too often we feel is this our job um, to fix it. But it's not. It's not. The truth is this. We all want parents who love us unconditionally. That's our big complaint. You're supposed to love me unconditionally, right? What about our parents? Do we love them unconditionally? Or is that a one-way street? You love me, I criticize you. I love you no matter what. Why? Because you're my parents. I pray God's the best for you. Because you're my parents. I believe that that, that honors God. And talking about this whole, uh, whole idea, um, I had read uh, something that Mark, Pastor Mark Driscoll had written about this idea of this commandment to honor your mother and father. And he says this. And I'm just contributing to him because I don't want to, you know. He said, uh, maybe God knew that if you could love your parents... You could love anybody. And if you can forgive your parents, you can forgive anybody. And maybe, that's the end of Mark Joseph's quote, by the way. No, you're quoting me. No, I'm kidding. And maybe um, if we learn to love and forgive and celebrate parents, we can begin to love and forgive and celebrate others as well. I don't know, I don't know if this makes sense to you today or not, but I hope that I wanted to kind of have you go out with some, like, some you know, encouragement and some instruction, what you can do, no matter how old or young you are here, what you can do, ways that you can, you can act and uh, give God thanks, and, and keep this um, encouragement, or this command, I would say, to honor marriage wherever it's found.
We know, of course, that uh, is offered by Jesus here on the table that we not, all this is a response to him. He, he brings it to us. He comes to us with his love, and we respond to one another in his love. Think about this week. How can, how can we celebrate our parents and who God called them to be? I'm going to ask you to pray with me, if you would, as we uh, seek that together. Father God, I just thank you so much for the chance that we've had to encounter your word and the reality of who you are. Um, I pray, Father God, that uh, these these um, thoughts that, and even the more, more of the thoughts that you've, you've, you've sparked in people's hearts as they've heard your word, that, that you would uh, bring those to completion in their lives, that you would work in all of us, that we would respond completely to the gospel in a holistic way. I pray, Father God, um, just a prayer of your, your mercy as we move forward, but I pray that you would give us purpose and intention. Uh, we don't want just to read your word and walk away unchanged. We want to look at it, see what needs to be changed, and then live with you, uh, li- live with you uh, in us to change that in our lives. Would you show us this week, Father, I'm going to ask this very specific. would you show us ways that we could honor those um, who have marriages I would, over us, you know, that we, we look up to. Is there a way, someone right now, maybe that you would put on our heart that we could just say, you know, I, I want to thank you for this. I, I want to I thank you, God, for it, and I want to thank them for it. Would you help us to see that right now? And would you help us to just kind of live out these things in real ways that we would be known as your disciples because we're being obedient to you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.